Joined this morning by Trevor Bain, now working for Legacy Motor Club. First off, Trevor, how are you and are you ready for the season to start? <laughs> I'm doing great. I don't I don't know if we're ever ready for it to start. <laughs> I feel like uh, every time we go to the racetrack, there's more that could be done. But at the same time, we've had a had a long enough offseason, so it's definitely time to uh, to get back to the track. So I want to start with kind of what you currently have going on being named the team's driver optimization leader, which sounds quite fancy. So <laughs> it does. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I uh, actually had to go back to my contract like three times to, to <laughs> see what the title was to figure that out. But in a nutshell, um, our sport has grown so much from an analytics side, from a data side, from a simulator side, really Ever since COVID in 2020, we had to develop tools, right, to make us better, quicker. Um, with limited practice, you get 15 minutes of practice on the weekend, sometimes no, no practice. And so, um, you know, you need to be ready from the time you unload. And used to, you had two hours or, or an hour and a half to adapt. And so the simulator has become so important. Uh, Post-race videos, you know, SMT data, the things that we utilize as drivers are available. But the problem is now you have more more information available than you have time in a week as a race car driver. If you wanted to dig in, you're spending, sure. you know, 30 hours a week trying to analyze all these things about a race. And so if I can condense that down for the guys, if I can stay two, three weeks ahead of them um, and kind of figure out the important pieces and condense that down and give that to them, feed that to them, work on weaknesses, work on strengths, uh, restarts, things like that, that have become even more important in our sport as track position has become more important um really it's that's what it's all about is just finding this fine tooth comb details for the drivers uh, that can help them be better every weekend awesome sounds like you'll be plenty busy even even not you know technically on the track but how did how did this position come about was this something that's been in the works you know for for a while did it come together quickly you know can you tell us about how the how the recruitment process went yeah, so this is a fairly new thing in NASCAR, right? Um, yeah. You know, you watch the quarterback's documentary on Netflix and all the quarterbacks have a quarterback coach. Or if you think about Tiger Woods, he's had a swing coach his whole career. And so um, this is not something where they're like, oh, Trevor Bain is a better driver than people we have and we need him to teach us. It's it's how do we find the right personality, somebody that wants to dive in, be analytical, help our guys, um, you know, and, and do those things. But, but really there are a couple guys that paved the way for me to have this opportunity. One of those is Josh Wise. Um, you know, he, he does this role for Chevrolet at a large scale. He started at Ganassi as really one of the first people in the sport to do this. Um, and at first it was just fitness, right? He was going out, working out with the guys and eventually it turned into cognitive ability and, you know, some sports psychology. And then it, it's just evolved over time for him. Uh, and he's brought in guys like Scott Speed to help him there. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, both of these guys were in my wedding, by the way, uh, Blake Cook <laughs> has been doing this as well for some guys individually over the last five years. And so over the off season and, and even late last year, Blake and I kind of talked about the opportunities available in NASCAR to help young drivers and, and specifically young drivers, you know, starting out, we were thinking, okay, truck guys, Xfinity guys, maybe some Arca and, and some new cup guys that are coming in. There's some low hanging fruit there. You know, you can watch and see a lot more mistakes with a young guy in, with the positions they put their car in arrow wise or on pit road. And so that's originally what we were thinking. Um, I don't think it really crossed my mind to go and try to help Jimmy Johnson, you know, like seven time <laughs> champion. That's, that's sure. not the first guy you really want to 
coach um, starting out. And so uh, really the way that this happened at Legacy Motor Club was a conversation. Uh, I was teammates with uh, John Hunter Nemechek in, in Xfinity last year. We were sitting on the wall at Texas talking about next season and his opportunities and mine, you know, specifically on the driving side. Uh, I still love to race and, and really enjoyed my time at Gibbs. Uh, but with with Eric coming on at Gibbs, I knew the opportunities were kind of going to run out there. And so I, I told John Hunter that I was looking to do some of this next year. And, uh, you know, he passed that information on. I, I didn't even expect him to do that or think he would. And <laughs> he passed that on to Matt Kenseth and Jimmy. And they reached out to me and said, hey, we, we want to learn more, talk more about what this looks like. And so just over the last couple of months, it, it kind of just formed and took place and created a new role really for this. So I'm curious, you know, being teammates with John Hunter Nemechek and now working with him and just in general, what challenges young NASCAR drivers face now that maybe either they didn't when, you know, when you, when you were getting your start or even before you were getting your start, you know, how has the, the landscape shifted over the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, it's it's unique for every driver. And that's what I'm learning now. Personalities matter. You know, what people want to do and what they think is valuable is is different. And so um, in my time at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, I came back after three years of not being in a race car. And yeah. so I worked with Jason Ratcliffe and had been out of the car, had not driven anything really. And so when I jumped in at, at Toyota at their simulator and started experiencing the level that that simulator operates at, and I looked at the data and, and Jason Ratcliffe basically took a driver that had not been in the car and we went to California and won the first stage together. And I was like, wow, <laughs> these tools really work like this, yeah. this works. And so that made me a believer in the tools. And honestly, you have to believe in the tools if you want them to work for you. If, if you go to the simulator with a bad attitude thinking, oh, this isn't going to help me. What am I doing here? I'd rather be at home or out on the lake or then it's not going to work for you. But if you want to put in the effort and, you know, John Hunter's one of those young guys that is hungry and he's fiery and he's kind of been to the cup series and been knocked back down and had to reset and try and Xfinity. So his work ethic is incredible. He understands the tools that are there. Um, really, it's kind of pulling the reins back on him in a way. And, and you know, every driver is going to be different in that. And so if I can help him get useful information during the week, as I said, then that's great. Um, but also on a personal level, you know, I've, I've been through what these guys go through. I've been through the ups and the downs. And uh, for me, five, six, well, I guess it's been about seven years ago now that I had my opportunity in cup, um, man, I wish I would have known some of these things to do, uh, to make myself better as a driver. You kind of have this mentality of I'm limited by my car. You know, the car is my limitation. It's too tight. It's too loose. It's not doing what I needed to do. But really, if you look at it, there are little things that you can do better as a driver every single week that add up to one, two spots. And at the end of the day, if you're battling for a playoff position, it comes down to one or two spots every week. And so that's that's kind of what this is. You're still a relatively young 32. Is, is there any chance that if given the opportunity, you'd hop back in the car again? Or are you you know kind of focused on your your role and, and the the off-track side of the, the world now? Man, I have shifted gears so many times in the last six <laughs> years. I don't even know what I am anymore. You know, I, I love driving race cars. And that yeah. is the thing, one place that I feel at home and super confident. You know, everything else, you know, you, you listen to podcasts about imposter syndrome, all these different things people struggle with. And we all go through that. But in the race car, I do not struggle with that. Like, I, that is what I've done since I was five years old. And that's the place I'm the most comfortable, get the most fulfillment. 
But I will tell you that my role at Fox Sports uh, as a TV analyst and driver coaching, those are the two closest things I can get to that, you know, feeling that performance, that level of competition. Uh, You know, I started and ran a coffee roasting business in in Knoxville, Tennessee there for three years. Uh, We sold that last year, but building that 25 employees and growing a business, that was a lot of fun, but it didn't really scratch the same competitive itch that I have. And so that's what brought me back into the sport. Um, I, I really don't know what my future as a driver looks like. Um, but I do know that my future in the broadcast booth with Fox is, is really something I enjoy. I know that this driver coaching thing, like doing this for the first time this year, uh, I'm going to learn a lot and I'm going to sure. learn what I like, don't like, and I'm going to learn what's valuable and not valuable. You know, you come in with ideas and try to apply those and, and that application looks a lot different than what you might picture it to be when you start out. So a lot to learn here. Uh, don't really know where, where it leads on the driving side, but for sure. I'm, I'm all in on this uh, optimization program and, and the TV side as well. I love it. So I'm going to go slightly off topic here. First off, love Knoxville, Tennessee. It's one of my favorite Southern small cities. If anybody has <laughs> a chance you. to vacation down there, it's really fun. It's I have some good friends down there, so I, I but I don't get down often enough. We have a pit pass NASCAR driver playlist this year, or guest playlist. So if there's a song you're going to listen to before you're racing, before your day's getting oh. started, we can go and we did this on on the IndyCar podcast and we have everything from country music to EDM to heavy metal. So there is nothing that is off limits. Man, I'm terrible at this. I'm going to be honest. I, like if you got my playlist, you would be so confused of what I even listen to. You know, being growing up in Knoxville, we love 90s country. We listen to everything. Yep. But uh, with the coffee shop, you know, it kind of got embedded in my head over three years. We listened to, because of the vibe of the shop, it was kind of the surf shop. We yeah. listened to a lot of surfaces. I don't know if you've listened to surfaces at all. Uh, you know, so we we had their music playing in there a lot. And and so, man, it just puts you in a good mood. Uh, Forest. Also, he's the um, the artist, they're the lead artist, and he has some of his own stuff. But it's kind of kind of vibey to get the day started. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a pre-race song, but if you're going to wake <laughs> up at six in the morning and go up to your gym and try to be in a good mood, I, I, it's pretty good. All right, I'll add, I'll add it on there. I will switch it back to racing now. So you also got announced with. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask one tough question. That's right. I. I... You know, you you got announced also with Corey Heim, who is the simulation and reserve driver for the team this year. I don't know how much you've gotten to work with Corey yet, but as a fellow, you know, he's a, a another young driver that you get to work with. What do you know about Corey so far? Corey is a great young guy and he's very talented. Uh, he is one of the drivers that that Blake and I actually identified. Uh, and when I say Blake, I'm talking about Blake Cook, uh, past sure. Xfinity driver and owner of Filter Time. Um, he, he was one of the drivers that we identified as this really young, driven guy that was at a great team that had a huge opportunity in front of him that we would like to work with. So in that, before I had our job at or my job at Legacy Motor Club, we talked with David Gilliland. He's a close friend of ours as well. And, and I wanted to uh, work with Corey and we were trying to figure out how that could look. And then all of a sudden it fell together in this role at Legacy Motor Club to be able to work alongside Corey and help him in his truck endeavors this year as well. So I'm really excited about the potential in that. Um, he's one of the guys that, man, he he has a ton of ability, has a lot of speed, but doesn't have all the experience yet. You know, sure. and that's what you learn through his experience. So if he's one of the guys that if we can get ahead of that 
and show him some things before he has to experience them the hard way, then we can save him a lot of heartache and, and learning, you know, man, I poked the right front headlight out and spun out, you know, because I didn't expect the air to do that. If we can show him that beforehand and, and he's got a really important role. Uh, we've seen quite a few times. I, I don't wish it on anybody, but we've seen it quite a few times in the last couple of years where there has been a need for a reserve driver in a cup team, you know, a couple of times last year at Hendrick, uh, we've seen it over and over again. And so he needs to be prepared at the cup level every single week in case something comes up where he needs to jump in a cup car. And so he is a reserve driver, not only for legacy motor club, but also for 2311 at the same time, he's competing for a truck championship. And that's going to be a lot of his focus. Uh, but the trucks, Xfinity cars and cup cars, they're not like they used to be. They all drive so different independently. They respond differently yeah. in the arrow restarts look different. So you can't just take your truck experience and completely apply that to a cup car. Uh, there's going to be a lot of a, a, a bridge to jump through there. Now he spends a ton of time in the simulator. So driving and being fast is one thing he's going to be, it's going to come natural because he's making so many laps. But when you get in the dirty air, you have a restart, you're learning tendencies of other drivers. That's where we have to really work hard to bridge the gap. So is, is the simulator the main way for somebody like Corey who needs to stay sharp for an opportunity that might arise, but might not arise on a week in week out basis. Is there anything else a young driver like that can do to stay, you know, cup ready? Yeah. I mean, I, he's going to be at the racetrack every single weekend, whether they need him or not. So being there watching what's going on, listening to what's going on, that's huge. Uh, there's not many young drivers that actually do that. And part of that's because, they have busy lives and they want to have a personal life too. But if you could do that, if you could be there for every single race and watch what's going on on the track, it's going to help you so much more. Uh, and your question earlier about how are things different from 15 years ago when I was growing up in the sport, uh, when I was 15, I signed a contract with Dell Earnhardt Incorporated. I worked in the shop 40 hours a week on Dell Jr.'s cup car. I would go to the tests because we were able to test as much as we wanted to then. Uh, and so I remember the very first COT test that DEI had done was at South Boston, little short track. They took Paul Menard. And so I had been in the shop and, and the crew chief's like, Hey man, would you like to make some laps this weekend or this week when we go to the test? I'm like, sure. So we took a piece of foam and stuck it in Paul Menard's <laughs> insert. And I hopped in and made some laps in a COT. And, you know, that was how you got experience. There was not a simulator. Uh, you know, you had like NASCAR 2003 on your computer that you could play. <laughs> and like, you know, iRacing was not anything close to what it is now. So the tools that are available, um, you know, the, the simulator is great for learning the car balance and how to manipulate that. iRacing, we saw William Byron's path is really, really good for racecraft. Uh, being around people, learning how to do restarts, um, you know, road course racing, as we've seen the sport grow in road courses over the last couple of years with the schedule, you know, adding so many more races, that's going to be important. Um, going and running road course cars, other other forms of racing. You know, we see Kyle Larson jump in anything with wheels and and while driving a sprint car may not help his technique in a cup car, he's still in that racing mindset all the time. And so the more we can be in those mindsets, the better off we're going to be. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Things should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. I think I only have one or two more questions and, and it's more of a general NASCAR question with the clash contract up at LA after this weekend's race. You know, what direction do you think? I've seen everything from it should rotate through some of the short tracks you know, like North Wilkesboro, et cetera, down south, or it should, you know, stay in a major city, but maybe not L.A. What what do you think is kind of the the secret sauce for NASCAR to keep this event successful? Man, I, I don't know, like, the specifics of exactly where to go, but I think just in general, making it a spectacle, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you know this event's going to exist one time. I don't care if it's on dirt, short track, <laughs> super speed, whatever it is, it, it's got to be a one-of-a-kind event every year to the point where you say, man, I don't want to miss it. Kind of like the first all-star race at North Wilkesboro, like, yep. you want to create this anticipation of, where is it going to be next year? And if I don't go this time, I can't go the following year. So I've got to be there for it. I think that's what drives this race. It's an exhibition race. It's not a points race. We don't, it doesn't have to be perfect every time. You know, I think about when I think about the clash, I think about these Red Bull events that have been created over the years. You know, I went and saw Travis Pastrana as we were trying to get him to come to Xfinity at, at Diamond Waltrip Racing. Um, you know, he jumps this rally car from a a bridge to a, a barge out in, in the bay san francisco but like you had to be there because you know he's not going to do that again and so True. if we can create these spectacle events that you know are fun enjoyable um you know i think that's that's kind of what we need to go after and, and create now exactly how you do that that's that's the secret i guess that's the deeper secret <laughs> sauce so that's the ingredients in the secret sauce yeah yeah good point there so i'll, I'll wrap it up with one last question there's a you know, the NASCAR field is is big. It's 40 cars, essentially, on a, on a week-in, week-out basis. If you're looking at the entire field, is there a driver or two that maybe doesn't get as much press that you think, you know, is really talented and primed for a big year? Hmm. Man, that that's so tough. And and we talked about the limitations of cars earlier. Those those gaps are getting closer and closer together. So we're seeing drivers who used to would not be able to compete at the level they are doing that. Uh, Michael McDowell's a close friend of mine. He's a great example of overachieving, achieving with the budget that his team runs on. Uh, you know, he wins a couple times at road courses. He was won the Daytona 500. Yeah. So I look at a guy like that for road courses to really have standout 
year where they make the playoffs. Uh, somebody like Corey LaJoy at Spire that, you know, has obviously acquired KBM this year. I think their program's growing and, and their support from Hendrick is growing. So I look at them and think, you know, they, they're due for that breakout win. Um, but obviously at the same time, I work for Legacy Motor Club. So with Jimmy Johnson running nine races, I'd love to see him competing in the top 10 when he goes to these road courses. I'd love to see him have a shot, put himself in position at the Speedway race at Daytona for the 500 to just be in position. You you sure. can do everything right and get crashed at the end, but, but you want to be in position at the end of that race to be battling for the win. And I, I'd love to see that. Um, you know, and I don't think people expect that now after being gone for so long to have Jimmy come back and be in contention to win would be huge. And then uh, obviously with Eric and John Hunter, both, um, you know, I think they have got a huge opportunity ahead with, with TRD uh, backing and, and the people that they brought on at Legacy Motor Club, Ben Bayshore coming over his experience with Kyle Busch over the years. Um, and he and John Hunter had a ton of success last year. So I would love nothing more than to see both of our guys make the playoffs, uh, contend for wins multiple times throughout the season. And uh, they've, they've got the ability and hopefully we give them everything that they need to be able to go and do that this year. Awesome, man. Well, listen, we uh, or I appreciate the time and you know, best of luck this year. See you at the track at some point once yeah, we're once we're able to travel. But good luck, man. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the team does this year. Well, thank you. Me too. It's uh it's a new thing, you know, for me yeah. to go in not with a driver mentality, to go in <laughs> knowing that I, I'm not the guy in the meeting that needs to have the answers. I've got to ask the right questions is kind of different, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but I'm I'm looking forward to the challenges of it. And I appreciate your time talking about what what driver optimization leader even means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh I, I sent it to, you know, I send text to my dad. I'm like, hey, I'm doing an interview tomorrow. And he was like, What what does that title mean? I'm like, I don't know, dad, it's literally my first question I'm going to ask. So you can listen and let me, you can find out the answer that way, but that's right. Well, it'll be the standard in a couple of years. I can promise <laughs> you that I, at least we hope so. So yeah. that's, uh, that's the direction the sport's going for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, we'll, we'll let you go here and uh, good luck in Daytona. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks.